You're listening to the Fear-Free Childbirth Podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Let me help you to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond with a mix of real-life stories and experts sharing their wisdom. I'll also be sharing psychology insights to help you to cultivate a fearless mindset. Be inspired and be empowered with Fear-Free Childbirth. And now it's time for the show. Hello and welcome back to the Fear-Free Childbirth Podcast. My name is Alexia Leachman. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's show, we're going to be talking about where postnatal meets the perimenopause. With a lot of mums that are now having babies later in their life, some mums are facing the perimenopause while going through the postnatal period. So today I'm being joined by Linda, who's going to help us navigate this delicate stage in life so that you can better manage it and not be succumbed to the cocktail of hormones that might be chucking themselves your way as you wrestle with a new baby. But before I hand over to that, I just want to update you on a couple of things I added to the shop this week, the Fear Free Childbirth Shop. Now, as you know, I'm all about helping you to reduce the fear that you're carrying around birth and pregnancy. And I've got quite a lot of fear clearance tracks in the Fear Free Childbirth store. And I've been recording some new ones. So I just wanted to let you know about the new ones that have just been added. Now, for some reason, I don't know how this even was a thing was possible, but I didn't actually have a fear clearance track for a fear of pregnancy. But now I have. So now you can buy a fear of pregnancy fear clearance track as well as a fear of childbirth fear clearance track. There are other ones in there also for common fears that women experience around birth and pregnancy, including fear of losing control, fear of losing your dignity, fear of change, fear of uncertainty. All those are already in there as well. And they would be very useful for you to listen to, to benefit from if you want to let go of the fear. People are getting amazing results listening to these tracks and it can be make a huge difference to how you're feeling very, very quickly. So, yeah, so I've just added fear of pregnancy. So just head over to fearfreechildbirth.com forward slash shop or store, you know, that kind of thing. And then you will find the fear clearance audios in the in the shop. And I'm also creating some wound healing tracks. So these are really about healing traumas and the emotional wounds you're carrying around things. And there is also now a birth wound healing. So for many people, this might mean that when they gave birth and it was difficult or traumatic, or it's left an emotional trace of some sort for them, that whenever they think of that birth, there's a little bit of pang of sadness or or guilt or something that's just not pleasant. It doesn't have to be a a full-blown traumatic experience. But if there's any kind of wounding that you're carrying on the topic of birth or the idea of birth, so this will be ideal for you if you have suffered from a birth experience that wasn't pleasant, that was difficult or traumatic. And, you know, maybe when you think of your earlier birth experiences, there's a little tinge of sadness or something that's not entirely pleasant comes up for you, you know, whether it's a full-blown kind of really nightmare experience or whether it, it wasn't a nightmare, but for some reason you just can't shake, there's something that you can't shake about that experience, then that wound healing will be perfect for you. Also, this is going to be perfect for those that suffer from tocophobia, because The thing about tocophobia and any phobia is that there's usually a root trauma going on there that's feeding the phobia. And for many that suffer from tocophobia, this root event, this root trauma could well be your own birth experience, the time that you arrived in the world. So this birth wound healing is for you too. It's really all encapsulating to capture any experiences of birth that you've had. And obviously, we've all experienced birth because we're all here and we've all come through from our mothers. So we all have a birth experience within us and memories of that. And maybe some of the fears and anxieties that you're experiencing are 
as a result of your own birth experience. So this birth wound healing really does capture your own experience of birth, any experiences your mother may have had while she was carrying you or the the memories that she had, because it also looks at ancestral trauma. And this is an element that we really can't dismiss when it comes to traumas, because they have such an impact on who we are today, because the very memories of ancestral trauma are baked within the fabric of our very being. So letting go of any wounding that you're carrying around the idea of birth is going to really help you, no matter what your situation is, in terms of facing pregnancy and birth. You know, if you're planning for family, even if you've not got pregnant yet, if there's any tinge of fear or anxiety around birth, then maybe it's to do with your own birth experience. So I would recommend this birth wound healing for anyone really that is that considers themselves anxious or fearful or scared or even worried about birth or pregnancy. This is going to be a good one for you. So just all you need to do is head over to the Fear Free Childbirth Shop and it's in the wound healing activation section, along with many, many other wound healing activations for other things that are very, very common. A lot of childhood themes are in there, a lot of inner child themes. As you know, I'm all about you self-healing, helping you to really heal your own fears and anxieties so that you can be empowered, feel confident and calm as you go into your birth experiences. That's what I really, really want for you. So I'm always looking at ways that I can make that journey as easy for you and as simple for you so that you can own that experience. You can be in charge of your own mental health and emotional well-being. Back to today's show then. So today I'm chatting to Linda. You may recognise Linda, who's been on the show before, and she talked all about yoga and how yoga can support you during your pregnancy and birth experiences, especially the yoga moves and the way that yoga can support you in terms of helping you to train and and get your body ready, but also how you can use it during labour. So you may recognise Linda, and if you want to dig out the old episode, I would urge you to go and do that, and I'll put a link in the show notes for that. But we're going to be talking today about that transitional journey from postnatal to perimenopause. And the reason I really wanted to have this conversation is because this perimenopause can really start very early for some women, maybe late 30s, early 40s, but that's also when many women are now choosing to have their babies because they're leaving it later. So it could be that you are wrestling with early signs of perimenopause while you're breastfeeding a newborn. And so the cocktail of hormones that's going on, I mean, you, you could be feeling like you're really being battered left, right and centre and not knowing how to handle all that. And and that can be very unsettling, very overwhelming, very emotional. So Linda's going to talk through that, how we can start to figure out what's going on. And maybe even those of you that maybe have got toddlers now and maybe heading into your early 40s, maybe mid to late 40s, depending on when perimenopause hits for you, this is going to be useful for you too, as you navigate this important next stage in your life. This is a stage that I'm going through at the moment. So I found this interview incredibly helpful and uh, validating for some things that I'm also starting to try out in my life. So I think this is going to be a really important conversation. And even for those that maybe have that are a little bit long way off from perimenopause, listen to this because this is coming your way. So you might as well start getting ready and thinking about it because there's some really useful, timeless advice that Linda shares that goes beyond the perimenopausal phase in terms of just how to live a healthy life and have a healthy pregnancy. So let me just hand over to my chat with Linda. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Linda. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Alexia. It's lovely to be back. Now, for those eagle-eyed, well, not eagle-eyed, but eagle-eared among you, you might recognise Linda's voice because we've spoken before on the podcast talking all about yoga and the moves you can help you to prepare for birth. But 
Linda also works with the whole gamut of well-being for women. And so we're going to dive into another really important part of the journey today that I think more and more women are really experiencing. And that is that postnatal to perimenopause phase where some women, because they're birthing later, are diving from one straight into the other. Let's just start with postnatal first of all and what's happening with the hormones so that we can start to understand how this hormonal mix is correlating or, or how it bleed not bleed bleeds isn't, isn't that useful word I've just picked there it doesn't bleed that's the thing straight into the, the perimenopausal phase what's going on it's kind of like a whole societal thing isn't it where we are finding that women are having pregnancies later on in life so it's not unusual at all to be in your late 30s even early 40s when you're having even your first baby and the thing is roughly on average women will start to go into perimenopause between 35 and 38 years old so perimenopause literally means you're starting to have an ovulatory cycles your menstrual cycle isn't actually around your you know it's not defined by your period it's defined by your ovulation in the middle of the cycle and if your ovaries are not releasing an egg in the middle of that cycle you're not producing progesterone which is our key chill out hormone. It's the hormone that is anti-anxiety. It helps us to sleep. It's a smooth lining of the gut. So it's incredibly important in about 400 different pathways in our body and our brain. So if we're not producing progesterone in the second part of our cycle, we start to experience all sorts of issues which are very, very similar to what we are experiencing when we've just given birth and we've just birthed our placenta and our progesterone level just absolutely plummets along with estrogen levels. Early perimenopause, when we start to have those anovulatory cycles, our progesterone is going to drop away quite rapidly, more so than estrogen. So we said we tend to see from about 38, we're starting to have, not every cycle, but quite often we're starting to have those anovulatory cycles. We're starting to diminish in our production, our ovarian production of progesterone. From about 35 to about 50, we lose about 70% of that ovarian production of progesterone. And about 45, so mid 40s, we start to diminish our, our production of estrogen. And it's a dysregulation. It's, it's when our estrogen is a bit high in comparison to the progesterone. That's when we are experiencing, you know, night sweats, brain fog, heart palpitations, skin itchiness, dry eyes, dry mouth, uh, pelvic floor issues. And you can see it's, it's very, very similar to straight when we've had a baby going into that period where the progesterone is super low. Estrogen is low as well, maybe not quite as low as progesterone and baby blues, unbelievable fatigue, being wired but tired, you know, not being able to sleep when baby sleeps. And the problem is women are going from losing that progesterone, having birthed their baby, losing that estrogen, being very low on these key hormones. And it's really important to understand that women are you know, our brains are estrogen rich. Male brains are testosterone rich. Our brains are estrogen rich. So we need these key hormones to function well. And we're going straight from this, this period of being very low in these key hormones straight into perimenopause. So it's not like we're going back up and, and reaching sort of mid-20s levels of our normal hormone production again and our ovaries are going back into production. They're not. You know, we might have ended up getting pregnant because what happens is when our ovaries are starting to shut up shop, they'll have big 
bursts of estrogen. So you're, it's like one more baby, one more baby. So you might actually be very low in estrogen, but suddenly you have these spikes, you know, like this. And it might be in that spike in one month where you are ovulating that you get pregnant. But then those hormones that start to crash down afterwards. So, of course, pregnancy, our, our body goes into hyperdrive and we produce a ton of progesterone. But once that's all gone post-pregnancy, and, and if we are in our early 40s or late 30s, you are a totally average normal woman if you are then in perimenopause. So you mentioned there's a change in the cycle. What did you call it? An ovulatory cycle simply means that you're, you don't produce an egg that cycle. So you can still be having your period. You can still, it might be a little bit scantier, a little bit, a little bit closer together, a little bit further apart. So there might be, but to be honest, most of us of our generation don't really track our periods like the younger girls do these days. You might not even notice that you're not ovulating. And it might be just that you're starting to really suffer with insomnia, or you're starting to find that you get really severe PMT because of course. PMT, our progesterone is so affiliated with our level, our mood levels. So if you're already very low in progesterone, right before your period, you're going to be getting really snarky and and bitchy and, and flying off the handle. People will, or, or a lot of women experience much worse digestive issues. IBS issues get way worse because progesterone is incredibly important in our the sumping action, if you like, of the intestines. It's really important to know that if if you are experiencing classic perimenopausal symptoms and you've got a new baby and potentially other, you know, slightly older children as well, and you feel like you're going mad, it's not, it's not you, it's your hormones. <laughs> it's always the hormones. <laughs> but there's an awful lot of things that we can do to help ourselves. And, and I would say it starts with education on what is actually going on with your body. And it really needs to graduate through a total paradigm shift on how we approach well-being, women's well-being at this very crucial stage. And I, I would say, you know, from your late 30s through to post-menopause, so 52, 53, 54, that decade or so, is not a time to be pushing through, trying to do a marathon, trying to beat these fitness goals, et cetera, et cetera. It is really a time, and I, I mean, this is probably a bit controversial saying this because we all want to know that we can do more, 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 more. It's a time to stop up the leaky colander. Yeah, does that make sense? Or the leaky boat. It's a time to really focus on adrenal care because our adrenal glands take over the production the key production of those hormones when our ovaries shut up shop so yeah i'd like to talk a little bit more about that because i think that's super super important and it's a time of actually kind of stepping into the whole wise woman phase which yes is hard when you've got little children around and you're trying to um look after a baby etc but it is and and a lot of women you know, need to go through a, a grieving process, a letting go process of the the younger them and actually almost do a stepping in, a metaphorical stepping in of this new aspect of themselves. So it can be extraordinary transitional, an extraordinary transitional time. It can be an incredibly empowering time, but not if you listen to the media, which is totally focused on staying young and 
and slim and basically looking like you're 25 forever. It's really got to be um, learning about what is going on with your body and embracing being a woman in midlife and how exciting actually it's going to be in the second, the second spring, they call it after menopause. We enjoy that second spring when we actually nurture the body and the brain in, in this mid this midpoint, you know, this decade or so of, of huge transition, just as hormonally huge as going into puberty, just as, just as huge. You talk about raising self-awareness. So does this awareness, are you talking about educating yourself around this transition, around the impact of hormones, or about being more aware about where you are in your cycle and how you're responding? And I think you're going to say both, but what, what did you mean when you said you need to become more aware a lot of women will go um, from having a baby and they won't necessarily start cycling again, you know, on a regular basis. Very menopause and then, yeah, they might end up having a few periods, but that would be quite scanty and quite all over the place. Yes, having an awareness of your cycle. Cycle tracking is so powerful. It really is. And starting to track your symptoms as well. Mm. So starting to track when you have a migraine, when you are, are leaking, you know, when when you find that you're getting stress incontinence or urgency issues, tracking when you have insomnia, tracking when your skin gets really super itchy. Because by tracking what's going on, so just keeping a little journal and every evening maybe just jotting down what your energy levels are like, tracking how much water you're drinking, um, how your body is responding to any kind of exercise and movement you're doing if you, you feel knackered or if you feel energized is really empowering for you because you know when they say know thyself mm. you have to know thyself because we're all we're all very very different so my levels of natural progesterone from when I was in my 20s and 30s will be different from yours yeah so what's normal for me and if I went to go and do a, a, a blood test, it's going to be very different from, from you. And the trouble is doing, to be honest, the trouble with doing blood tests in perimenopause is that literally, you know, day, day to day, almost hour to hour, our hormones are, are, are all over the place. You might go and see what your hormone levels are doing by going and having a blood test, but if you're having, when you're there, if you just be, happen to be having a spike in your estrogen, then you're going to look like you've got regular levels of estrogen. But it might be that later on that day, your estrogen levels are plummeting down. So it's very difficult to have blood tests that will actually show what is going on with your hormones unless you are on HRT. That's a different story. Then then it's it's more telling the, the doctor um, how your body is absorbing the hormone replacement therapy. But prior to that, it's more about your symptoms. So uh, there is this called uh, uh, the green climactic scale and doctors will get you to fill in a very, very detailed form, which will show them via all of your symptoms, roughly where you probably are in your perimenopausal journey. Yeah. And I know that there are lots of apps out there that enable you to do this. I just wondered if you've got any recommend any apps that you really like or that are really that really work and help you because it's all very well tracking the symptoms. But what I'd really want from an app is, oh, you've got this. That means it's this hormone. Like to translate that information, yeah, yeah, yeah. meaningful rather than just you just go, oh right, I'm just 
I get really angry on day 15, whatever it, you know, whatever it is, to kind of turn it into something useful. Are there any apps that help? Balance app is is very good. So okay. the Balance app was developed by Newson Health. It's kind of like the, the 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 initial one, the first one, and it's it's great. I would recommend the Balance app to to just to track your cycles and things, and just getting to know a little bit. I mean, you can. You can just go and look on. I mean, I've got lots of articles on what these hormones do. It's just important to know that progesterone, it's your mood regulating, calming, chill hormone. So if you're feeling like you're going to kill somebody or you're going to throw a chair through the window or you find yourself just screaming at the kids and then going, oh, my God, where did that monster erupt from? Then it's probably that you are low in progesterone. And we really need to look at caring for your adrenal glands so your adrenal glands can be producing the progesterone that your ovaries are no longer produ- producing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas estrogen is our focus, it's our drive, it's our energy, it's our get up and go, it's the elastic in our skin, it's the ability to respond to a bit of impact and not wear your pants or mm-hmm. the detrusive muscles of the bladder to not be you know, inappropriately spasming and making you have urge incontinence. Estrogen does so many, it's, it's keeps the heart pliable. It's what essential hormone to keep our bones growing. It's absolutely essential for our brain. So if you're suffering more from issues around dryness, depletion, uh, you know, itchiness of the skin, itchiness of the uh, dryness and itchiness of the eyes and mouth, um, yes, inability to sleep as well then it might be that estrogen is is the main problem. I'm just going to caveat that by saying progesterone and estrogen, they work like sisters, you know, that, that fight, but essentially they fundamentally need each other. So they work well when they are in balance. Mm. When we are pre-menopausal, so not peri, but pre, so when we're just ovulating every month beautifully, then we've got, very high levels of estrogen and pretty high levels of progesterone. And they just, you know, that I mean that we, we are changing constantly, but they're pretty balanced. Mm. And then we go into, uh, if we've had a baby, we go into this postnatal period and they both plummet down, but especially progesterone. Yeah. Mm. And, and it's the it's the differential, this is the tricky bit. It's the differential between estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. So if they're not nice and balanced and close together, if one's up high and one's down low. And it's normally estrogen that's higher and progesterone that's lower. And that's normally the case. It's that differential which causes most of the symptoms that women will recognize as being perimenopausal. So this is what happens when we go into early perimenopause. I'm going to say postnatal is, say, late 30s, early 40s. Give us another year or so and we're in perimenopause. Perimenopause, the progesterone drops down first. And around about 45, roughly, sometimes 43, 44, that's when the estrogen starts to go, one more baby, no, one more baby, no, one more baby. And it's when the when the estrogen's high and the progesterone's low, it's those days. That's that is that time, which is really difficult. So one of the things that women who are especially those experiencing real mood issues, depression in a postnatal stage, and who are in maybe late 30s, early 40s. Going to the GP, it would be worth talking about perimenopausal issues and maybe supplementing 
progesterone. Yeah. So these days we can get body identical progesterone. It is exactly the same molecular structure as the the progesterone that we produce ourselves from our ovaries or our adrenal glands. Uh, it's not a progestogen, so it's not the same as what's in the pill or in the coil, which is a progestogen. It's a synthetic version. So progesterone, it's it's supplied in the UK as a product called Eutrogestin. It's a micronized means basically it's bashed into tiny, tiny, tiny little pieces, little capsule, and it can be taken orally or intravaginally up the vagina. And um, that can supplement, it can bring up your levels of natural, your natural levels of progesterone so that there isn't such a differential between the estrogen and the progesterone. That is going to help with mood disorders, anxiety, heart palpitations, insomnia, depressive feelings, because we're actually working at the hormonal level. How we, whereas an antidepressant, it can help, it can help, but it's not actually a, a, a long term solution, if you like. So, really important to work with a GP who understands women's health and has been kind of recently trained in women's health and understanding that it's highly likely if you're an older mum that you are going straight into perimenopause so just to track so to recap it's really about tracking your symptoms it's really about really upping that self-awareness so that you're able to discern because I'm just here you know when you think about depression or anxiety there's life that creates that kind of stuff as well so how do you discern that, that the thing that you're feeling is a hormonal led situation versus a you know, you've actually just got healing to do and, and stuff like that. I mean, how do you figure that out, right? <laughs> this is what I was talking about, the paradigm shift. And I like to say my, my, my kind of motto is being in control of letting go of being in control. Yeah. Mm. Which is a birth thing, right? That's a whole birth thing anyway. Yeah. To be honest, if you're going to be later on in life having a baby, it's likely, not necessarily, but it's likely that you have had a career, you are having a career, you're a busy woman, you're used to juggling all the balls. It's likely that you're somebody who's used to being in control and getting things done. And and then, you know, blah, 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 blah. you've been busy, busy, busy. And then it's like, and you know what? I, I think I would like to have a child as well. In my experience, and including myself here, when you have... And we'll say A-type personalities, even though that's, I mean, that's bollocks, isn't it? But if you're used to being in control of a situation, suddenly, you know, you might be running a big, you might be CEO of a big company. And suddenly you're in a situation where you've got this little scrap of, of a little person who shows you very dramatically that you have no control, actually, you know that that was a total illusion. It can be such a shattering of the ego. Mm. And when you're dealing with that kind of shattering of the ego and you're also deeply sleep deprived, it can be lead to a full on breakdown of who you think that you are, you know, in, in this life. That's why if I could just talk to every woman in this going into perimenopause and just say, Girlfriend, it's this is not a time to smash the glass ceilings and to and to push through. You've nothing to prove. This is a time to deeply and holistically revere your female form. A, be thankful that you have 
man you know that your body this extraordinary the trillions and trillions of cells the condensed energy that makes up this physical manifestation that you're inhabiting in this lifetime has created a human being now that's that's huge to expect yourself to also then be running your business and potentially looking after other children and older parents and running your social media account and doing all the whatsapp groups with school and having all of these tabs open and your adrenal glands, which have not changed how they operate, neither have your ovaries, for 300,000 years, they don't know about all of this stuff. They just see it as stress, 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 stress. You've got so much stress going on, girlfriend, right now that the adrenal glands are going, we have to keep on pushing out cortisol and adrenaline and cortisol and adrenaline and cortisol and adrenaline. And we are in this totally revved, never turning off state, totally, totally revved. And the trouble is, there's this thing called pregnenolone steel. So your adrenal glands, once the ovaries start to shut up shop, so once they start to diminish their production, fair enough, you know, they've been popping out those eggs month after month for decades and they are now slowing down. They don't have as many eggs to pop out anymore. So they're starting to shut up shop. Your adrenal glands need to be nourished and looked after and, and, and revered. And instead, the adrenals, the pregnenolone, which is the uh, master hormone, if you like, that the adrenal glands produce, that pregnenolone either goes to creating progesterone and estrogen and testosterone, or if you're, it's going to keep pushing out cortisol and adrenaline instead. And you're not going to get that really essential estrogen and progesterone. So not only have your ovaries shut up shop, but your adrenal glands are not taking over the job like they should be. Mm. So actually, it's more for us. It's more for us because we have we are still being hoodwinked by society to think that we should be little men and have a baby, and 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 we should be men in a skirt who are able to work at a level constantly and not understand that what we are doing is we are going into adrenal revving and fatigue. So we have a tiny bit of testosterone that we produce in the middle of our cycle, if we ovulate, about a tenth of the testosterone that men produce. Men produce testosterone every 15 minutes consistently up until about 70. And that's what gives them the ability to constantly go, get up at nine o'clock and go to work and work through till six or whatever and be cut, dot, 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 dot. Whereas... With a woman, we have this extraordinary flux through a normal cycle, which is completely shafted once we get to perimenopause. But through a normal cycle, you know, once you've just had your period and your estrogen is soaring, most women for those first couple of weeks before ovulation, they're like, on it, we can get 200% done in those times. We, we can get all of the stuff done. We're very sharp here. And then we ovulate and then we go into this, progesterone time of being you know as we're going towards our our periods and that's not the time to be pushing through especially right before your period that's a time where we can be creative we can come up with extraordinary out-of-the-box solutions to things but it is not the time to be trying to be really articulate and on in meetings and boom 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 by understanding your cycle and the general cycle understanding what these key hormones allow us to do understanding our extraordinarily unique female hormonal makeup and actually shifting into I'm not going to keep being that pushing forward you know woman who 
basically tries to 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 be a small man because that's what society has has, has asked of us and instead insisting all of us need to do it together we've got to all help each other out insisting that rewrite the playing field we we create a new playing field for women's bodies and our brains and this this transition time this decade if we don't get it right the rest of our life is going to is going to be hard if we do get it right we can enjoy that second spring and and that's when that's when we can change the world that's when we can really make a huge difference because our hormones yes they're they're lower but they uh, go back into balance again and it sounds to me like actually you need to be whether or not you're in your late 30s early 40s tracking your cycle and being aware of these hormones and how they impact you is something that, that all women the minute they start bleeding should start that process because it just raises their own level of self-awareness and how they need to change and adapt and flux flux with their cycle if you start preparing for birth two months before birth you've left it too late you need to start thinking about it before you're pregnant you need to start planning for pregnancy before you're pregnant you need to start planning for this before it happens because suddenly you're learning you're having to do a huge steep learning curve while you're you're like (laughs) like you're getting stressed and the hormones are battering you because they're now out of balance and you're like oh whereas if you start like in your 20s doing this then by the time it's coming around you're like oh yeah no this is this this hormone's out of whack I know what's going on here and you can get the heads up whereas otherwise you're chasing your tail that's the sense I'm getting with what you're saying I think it's changing quite dramatically I look at my 18 year old daughter and my uh, I've got an 11 year old daughter as well they you know the conversations around women's health I mean obviously this is what I teach so they hear about this all the time yeah you know my daughter tracks her cycle automatically so do all her friends it's just something they do. Um, whereas I know, you know, I'm 51 now, and I, I remember when I first started my cycles, I was deeply embarrassed. I mean, I literally put my hands in my ears and was like, no, 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 no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't listen to anything that my mum tried to tell me. I was so, I was so set on basically d- diminishing and suppressing anything feminine about me because you know, I wanted to work in advertising and I, I, it was a man's world and I needed to be as masculine as possible and just, just forget about that diminishing kind of woman's stuff. Whereas I think this generation, the new generation coming through are way more open to, and so are men obviously as well, the beauty of being a woman. Um, and I think unfortunately we're having to play catch up and the women are just a decade you know behind me are also having to play catch up mm. it's crazy there's only in the last couple of years i mean literally since me too in 2018 that there has been funding for research on the female brain in the state life stage as opposed to just assuming we're little men i mean that's that's mind-blowing isn't it and, and so much information is, is only been coming out now i mean it's just the fact that um vaginal estrogen has is only just come out on prescription here in the UK. Not oh, sorry, not on prescription, where you can get it on over the over the um, counter here in the UK in the last few months. Um, this is something that almost all women will really, really benefit from. It's not systemic. It does not go into the bloodstream. It just works on the localized area. But the difference it makes on for women who are suffering with stress incontinence or urgency or urgent continence, who've got prolapse organs, who have got you know, scar tissue from an episiotomy or tearing, which is becoming hard to deal with. 
you know, once we start to lose our ovarian estrogen, many, many women, I'd say 80% plus women start to deal with pelvic floor dysfunction. Now to get some estrogen back into the area, intravaginally and around the vulva and around the sphincter muscles can make a life-changing difference. It can literally mean the difference between a woman not leaving her house and, 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 and having a fully functional life. Mm. And yet it's only just, just now become something that you don't have to try and get a, and most GPs didn't even know that they could prescribe it or didn't even know what it did until now we're starting to get specialist training for GPs in, in medical school, but it's, it only happened. It only got mandated last year. It's a cutting edge topic. It shouldn't be. It's embarrassingly terrible, but it is. Can I just, I, I've just jotted down a couple of things that I think that um, I'd love midlife woman. I'm going to say midlife woman for when you're, you're in your late thirties, early forties, you, you're kind of midlife, you know, should be on your radar. One, adrenal care yeah so adrenal care focus completely away from getting skinny again looking a certain way and focus on adrenal care your adrenal glands are your your primary focus adrenal care means what i was talking about before getting away from being in the rev state where we're pushing out the cortisol and adrenaline and getting into a state where we go into the parasympathetic nervous system so when we're in that rev state, it's the sympathetic nervous system and we have mastery over, it's called the automatic nervous system, but actually we have mastery over it. We can go into that parasympathetic nervous system and that's when our adrenals are able to go ah, and start to produce the calming progesterone and the needed estrogen, you know. The adrenals can't produce both. They're either on an adrenaline mission or they're on the other hormones mission. So you need to make sure that you are nurturing them because they can't do both is that right yes yeah so it's a bit more nuanced than that but let's just keep that, that so things like extending your exhalation with low vibrational toning so basically to humming or singing anything that is extending that exhalation is toning your vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve goes from the brain, it goes down through all of the organs of the body. It does not ever get activated if we are breathing, shallow breathing or mouth breathing. It gets activated when we extend the exhalation. When you're sitting around the fire, um, you know, 300,000 years ago and you've done your kill and you're safe and you're in your tribe and you're digesting your food, you're going to be slow breathing, yeah? Like a baby, slow breathing. Elephants slow breathe, tortoises slow breathe. They live forever. Monkeys breathe really fast and that's why they don't live very long. But when you are running from the saber-toothed tiger, when you are fighting, when, when, you, when you are in modern life, when you've got all the tabs open, metaphorically and literally, mm-hmm. that's when we're in that, that sympathetic system. So, and we don't breathe, we don't, we don't, extend our exhalation we're, we're fast breathing so lower it so slowing down your breathing rate learning how to breathe properly learning how to diaphragmatically breathe if you know you're a chest breather if you know you're a mouth breather if you know that you're habitually head forward you know like go 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 shoulders rounded then sort out your posture sort out your breathing slow your breathing down use the buzzy bee 
breath. Use the, if you've got a new baby, use your home, calm the baby, calm yourself. That's honestly, that's the key. It's really easy. That That is the key to getting yourself into that um, parasympathetic nervous system. Yoga Nidra, which is in yoga, yoga sleep, yoga Nidra means. Um, so taking yourself for 20 minute naps where you have a guided relaxation, taking you into a deep state of rest into that parasympathetic nervous system and then bringing you back up again. So you're not going into sleep. You're, you are, it's called conscious rest. So you are consciously taking yourself into a state where you are deeply replenishing, deeply mm -hmm. replenishing at a cellular level and then come back up. That is so nourishing for the adrenals. So especially as a new mum as well, you know, bub goes to sleep. You might need to do a little bit of movement and release. You know, we are animals at the end of the day. So if we've got adrenaline pumping through us, we need to release it, literally shake it out like an animal does. So you might need to do a bit of yoga, a bit of dancing, a bit of just literally shaking, get out for a walk in nature. If you've got someone else to mind the baby for a bit, something that will just release the adrenaline. And then resting, restorative, in a pose, just 20 minutes or legs up the wall and extending that exhalation, going into that conscious rest. It doesn't take much. It does not take much. And it's one of those things, the more you practice it, the easier it is. It's accumulative. So literally, the more you practice the restorative relaxation response, the faster you can go down into it. Yeah. Two is nutrition for hormones. So basically, you've got to start looking at intermittent fasting for women. For, for, there's a lady called Dr. Mandy Peltz, who's an American clinical nutritionist, and she uh, talks in great detail about um, intermittent fasting for women's health, so our hormonal profile. So basically not snacking late and eating breakfast early, but giving your gut a chance to rest overnight to get the gut biome working as well as possible because, of course, we also – our gut biome is so correlated with the estrogen that we're producing and, and progesterone that we're producing as well. So giving your gut a chance to rest overnight. And then when you are eating, um, progesterone needs quality carbohydrates to be produced. Yeah. So we need quality carbohydrates like I always say quinoa, but I know it's kin. Other people say quinoa. Quinoa. Yeah, I say quinoa. Sweet potato. So good quality carbohydrates. You're going to have carbohydrates carbohydrates it's not fish and chips it's it's good quality um carbohydrates and then estrogen actually thrives in a low insulin environment so making sure you have really good quality protein and we should be having about 30 grams of protein per meal that's quite a lot it's like a big slab of mm -hmm. salmon um really good quality good fats so you know before i was talking about the pregnenolone the adrenals produce the pregnenolone and then so that precursor hormone that will either then produce cortisol or uh, progesterone and um, estrogen, pregnenolone is created by cholesterol. So you need to be having good fats like eggs and salmon and avocados and tons of olive oil yeah. in order to create the pregnenolone that's going to help you create those hormones. So nutrient-dense, good fats, Lots of good fiber. So the other thing to know that is if we're constipated, constipation is A, the number one driver of incontinence issues, the bladder incontinence. 
but it's also, especially as we get later into our 40s, if you're constipated, we tend to then reabsorb estrogen. Estrogen, to use it and then lose it. We need to be able to detoxify it by pooing it out, yeah? And if we're not, it can be reabsorbed and then we can find that that differential between the estrogen and the progesterone gets worse and worse and worse and worse and symptoms get worse and worse and worse and worse. Getting enough good fiber in the diet in order to make sure that a cup of linseed in the morning with water, very helpful. So number three is do less to do more. So it is the opposite of what we have been taught. If you're finding yourself that you do have enough energy to, and you're suddenly like, wow, I, I need to lose this baby weight, which I would say, please just park that. You know, it took nine months to create this baby. Give yourself two years at least in order to lose that weight. It's much more important that you you focus on, on building your health. Mm. Uh, but because of the whole adrenal thing, because of the pushing out of a cortisol, when you're pushing out cortisol, you have insulin spikes. And it's that those insulin spikes when you're becoming insulin resistance, which is putting that band of fat around the midsection, which a lot of perimenopausal women experience. By doing that conscious rest thing that I've just been talking about, by gifting yourself times where your adrenals are calming down, you're going to find that you are you're going to lose weight doing that way more than in the hour you've got off each week. You go, right, I'm going to hit the gym or I'm going to go on a five or 10K run or I'm going to go to a hit class. And then on top of already stressed adrenals, you're putting what you think should be exercise relaxation, but it's not. It's actually quite stressful. And it's just mm -hmm. a, it's just pushing up those levels of cortisol even more, pushing up the insulin even more so what about like a walk in nature for example that's still going to be that's still going to be good for you but that's not going to be stressful or hardcore but it's it's also not conscious resting and i'm just wondering oh well it is it is conscious. oh is it okay okay so you're not sort of lying on the floor you know especially if as you're walking you know you're actually in your senses you're looking at the leaves as you pass them you're absorbing the color you're smelling mm -hmm. the earth you're seeing the trees you're being absolutely in the senses that's incredibly enlivening and deeply replenishing, deeply restful. So yes, walking in nature, getting out in nature, doing yoga outside. I, I reckon I'm stronger now in my 50s than I probably ever have, even when I was a gym bunny. I mean, yoga can be deeply restorative, but it can be incredibly strengthening, bone enhancing, muscle enhancing yoga and, and isometric Pilates and be in very consciously regulating your breath so you are calming your adrenals breathing beautifully and you're doing extraordinarily powerful stuff so i i only ever do about 10 minutes a day that's it and then i walk out in nature but i reckon that being smart about it just working smarter not harder that's the key so you basically do want to break out into a sweat is what i'm hearing Look, no, that's not true. That's not true. But what, in an ideal world, if you are doing a fitness thing, I mean, if you're not sleeping six hours a night, your baby's still waking up regularly for feeds and stuff. It's not the time to be doing stuff that's going to stress your adrenals. Mm. But if you're a bit further down the track, if you've already built up your good pelvic floor and deep core strength again, and you can, you know, you can cope with intra-abdominal pressure downwards, then... By adding in intermittent exercise where you are 
uh, you're for like 20 seconds on, you're spiking your heart rate up and then you're taking your heart rate right down. So you're going sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system, sympathetic nervous system, parasympathetic nervous system. So I've developed this thing called half a hit. Yeah. So it's basically a 30 minute blast class. And that's what we do. We go you know, cross patterning for the brain, lots of balance work, bring the heart rate right up with exercises and then drop it right down into deep stretches, slowing the breath. Oh, and then going back up to a breath where we're we're activating deep core muscles um, and then down again. And it is good to do little short bursts of exercise as long as it's followed with adrenal calming. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what yeah, I want to be doing is going for an hour run on the treadmill. That's the worst thing you could do. Don't do that. But, I've had some friends say that she started training for a marathon. I think she's like early 40s. And she put on a ton of weight when she started training for the marathon. So that's that's the kind of response that you're talking about, which is that stress. And the body's like, what the hell's going on? I need to protect myself. I've got a group of mums that I run with sometimes. And it's really interesting. The more the midlife ones are running, the more of a box their physical shape looks like, the more... Mm. They're losing their waist and the more weight they're putting on actually overall. But um, and here's the thing. Understand that our hormones at this stage of our life is totally different. What yeah. worked when you're in your 20s and 30s, the whole, you know, eating less calories to in order to lose weight, that does not work now. If you're not feeding, feeding those key hormones with good fats, we need a lot of good fats in order to, to create mm. those hormones. We, you know, we really need a way more good fats in the diet. Not like I said before, not fish and chips. We're talking about avocados, your your salmons, your olive oil is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Put on everything. If we're not doing that, satiating ourselves, then we're going to be spiking insulin, and you might, you know, might be in calorie deficit, but you're going to put on weight as soon as you eat anything. Your body's got to. It's a total rewiring. It's a total paradigm shift on women's health and fitness. And and it's got to be, I believe it's got to be a acceptance process. And yoga is called santosha. Mm -hmm. Santosha literally means sitting with what is now, like being in total acceptance of what is now, not wishing for something else, not yearning for the past, not, not projecting into what you would like the future to be, but sitting with what is right now. And that acceptance, that santosha is the key ingredient to change. Because once you, you sit with this is this is the body this is the brain mm. now what can i do to enhance the way my body wants to operate should is is naturally wanting to operate mm. and it's not trying to be a little man it's not it's no, no, it's, no. it's revering revering your womanhood exactly exactly yeah. Yeah. and all those things you've described like um i'm going through this phase where the things that used to work don't work anymore and so I've started intermittent fasting. So really extending that fasting window as much as I can, doing those walks in nature. Dr. Mindy Peltz, I think she's got a really good book out called Fast Like a Girl. Yeah. Um, if you, She's got a really great YouTube channel for anybody who wants to learn more about all of this, which is really, really great. Um, and yeah, but all these things that used to work for me just don't work. And, it, and it's taken a lot of me just going, hang on a minute, you know, tracking everything a lot more closely and doing the calorie deficit, doing more exercise. I was like, hang on a minute, normally this would like my weight would be dropping off right now and it's not. So yeah, I've been incorporating some of these things that you've been describing. It's a suck it and see thing. You've got to kind of try that. Oh, that's not working. Try that. Okay. And it's this constant 
pivoting, shifting, learning, because what might work for somebody else isn't necessarily going to work for me. So I'm now tracking everything like crazy and just learning. But I, I think that acceptance piece is really important because, yeah, it's like, okay, I am not going to get back into those genes. They're not even pre-baby genes. I'm changing as a woman and that's okay. And accepting that rather than this trying to be 10 years behind me in my life. It's like I've evolved. I'm, I'm different. Yeah. That's been a, an inner work piece, yeah. not a physical, not a diet, not a da 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 you know, running, whatever it is. That's been okay, this is who I am. That's, I think, a huge part of that process. Because when you can accept yourself who you are, then you're just happier with the way you are. And so you're not trying to do all this stuff. You can just think, okay, I've got a really busy time right now. And what I should do is go and go crazy and do the go, go, go. But no, I'm not. I'm going to go and walk in nature, which is going to achieve so counterintuitive. bugger all on my to-do list. But actually, I need this. And that's where I'm getting my insights, my intuition, my shortcuts come in, my inspiration. And, and so for that, I'm very grateful. And yeah, it's required a huge step change in how I manage my life. So yeah, listening to you saying all this stuff, I can resonate. It, it all resonates with me. And I'm, I'm definitely still on that learning journey. And I think I wish I'd started tracking some of this stuff sooner, actually. But that's why I want to encourage listeners to guide, you know, really start familiarizing themselves with their cycle sooner. Making friends with their cycle, not kind of thinking, oh my God, it's my period. Oh my God, just go like, you know, I'm going to be out for a week now. Like, just leave me alone. It's accepting that this is an important part of your womanhood. I heard this expression years ago and it just has stayed with me. There is freedom in surrender. Yes. That surrender. So in yoga, there's a word called Ishvara Pranadhara, which I love to say. And it literally means if we set where we want to go, yeah, r- roughly, we have this, this, this idea of, how we want to feel in ourselves Mm. and we make conscious choices to take ourselves along that path knowing that sometimes the you know the path might zigzag all over the place but we're making conscious choices and we're doing daily practices daily things that are going to help us move towards that vision that we have of ourselves so it might be starting the day with hot water you know doing doing five squats after we've been to the loo trying to tune in to do a 15-minute yoga nidra once a day or once every chair, whatever it is. You know, we've, we've chosen our things, we're doing our things, getting out into nature, walking. But ultimately, it's not with grasping onto a certain outcome, you know, mm-hmm. getting back into those skinny jeans or whatever it is. It's not It's not then I'll be happy. It is, it's, it's going with an open palm and kind of giving over to something that's bigger than ourselves, you know, something that is... That, that collective consciousness that the the co-creation with the universe the the you know mother nature god whatever you want to call the in yoga we say the little self and the big self you know our connection with all that is and ishvara pranadhara is that ability which i feel is is so feminine of giving over with an open hand you know grace having the grace to not be holding and controlling everything. And that's why it gets back to that being in control of letting go of being controlled and, and control the controllables, you know, control what you choose to do for movement, control the people that you choose to be around. If people are toxic and they make you feel exhausted, spend more time with people that bring you joy, mm. you know, controlling, um, you know, what you do when Baba does go down for a sleep, 
Do you actually need to do all the tidying up there? Do you need to necessarily do those emails right now? Do you need to be doing your website right now? Or could you go for the first 20 minutes, I'm going to go into a yoga nidra, I'm going to do a deep rest. It's a paradigm shift. It is, an, it is a, and it's huge because we have been conditioned from birth, most of us, to that our busyness equals our worthiness. Mm. To take off that hat and consciously set it aside and, and sit with the fact that you essentially as a woman are enough just as you are mm. and that you're more than enough. And if you've just had a baby, you literally create a human being. You're perpetuating the human race. That's more than enough. Is there anything more that needs to be said, Linda? I don't know. I think you've said it all. <laughs> Apart from the fact that I've got the bathroombootcamp.com, which is free. And if you want to just get into the little, little bits of exercise, little bits of movement, which can be very helpful for your posture and your pelvic floor, then 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 grab that because it's it those those exercises do work. I've got a I've got a nice um guided meditation it's not a yoga nidra it's just a nice guided meditation for women who are postnatal and in that perimenopause phase who it just focused around the center of our being around the pelvis and it's this is a nice way to relax so if you like i can send you the link to that so lovely yes have a listen and, and where can people find you linda if they want to track you down and go i love what she's saying i love her where is she where are you oh, <laughs> I'm all over the place. So I've got my umbrella website, which is Linda Stevens with a PH, lindastevenswellbeing.com. Mm. So there you can find, you can go through to, I've got womanswellbeing.me, which is where I teach online. And I've got a huge plethora of information and interviews with health professionals and, and all of my different yoga classes and things in womanswellbeing.me. And I've also linked through to yogamums.net, which is for birth training and postnatal recovery um, courses and the like. I run retreats, well-being retreats and workshops. So always, most of the stuff is all linked through Linda Stevens' well-being. Wonderful. Well, you're going to send me all the links. So I'm going to have all the links in the podcast show notes and links of your meditation. If, if we can also let people know that. I'm sure they're going to want to track that down as well. So thank you, Linda, for joining me on the podcast. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always such a pleasure. You've been listening to the Fear Free Childbirth podcast with me, Alexia Leachman. Fear Free Childbirth is the online destination for women seeking to take the fear out of pregnancy, birth and beyond. With fear clearance meditations, self-healing products and courses, professional training and specialist programs for overcoming tocophobia. And if you've enjoyed this episode, then check out the Fear Free Childbirth Mama Ship. It's a bit like Netflix, where you can binge on a boatload more Fear Free Childbirth content to inspire you on the journey to motherhood and beyond. More interviews, more birth stories, more expert wisdom. Visit fearfreechildbirth.com to find out more.